Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 14 of Lady in Black. I'm Danielle. And I'm McKenna. So just a little reminder, if you guys like the podcast, please rate and review us on whatever platform you listen on. Also, if you want to stay up to date with what's going on, you can follow us on Instagram at Lady in Black Podcast. Um, But let's dive in. So we are going to be sailing the seas today with an infamous ship that is now located in Long Beach, California. So the RMS Queen Mary um, is a retired British ocean liner that was built by John Brown and Company in Clydebank, Scotland. So construction on the thousand foot ship began in 1930, but was delayed due to the depression in 1935. So during her creation, she was bigger, faster, and far more powerful than the Titanic. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. It's a thousand foot ship. That thing's massive. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Also, the Titanic didn't really... Didn't really pan out too well. Didn't pan out too well. No. Um, So from 1936 to 1967, it was owned by Cunard White Star, um, which changed to Cunard Line, and was the second half of a two-ship weekly express service between Southampton, Cherbourg, and New York. So she sailed alongside her sister, which was the RMS Queen Elizabeth, um, and she sailed her maiden voyage on May 27th of 1936. So she won the Blue Riband Award in August of that year and won it again in 1938 and then held it until 1952 when the SS United States overtook it. That's impressive. Yes. So what's even more impressive is that this award is an unofficial accolade that was given to the passenger liner crossing the Atlantic Ocean in regular service with the recorded highest average speed. So this bitch was zooming. Zooming around the ocean. Zooming. (laughs) Just (laughs) flying through the seas. That's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. And to hold it for that long. Yeah, that's like almost 20-some years. The Titanic could never. The Titanic never. (laughs) That's a bad joke. I shouldn't have said that. But during World War II, the ship was then transitioned into a troop ship and carried Allied soldiers around during the war. So 180. Yeah, a complete 180 of what had been happening. Cruise ship to... Warship. Yeah, real fast. Really quick. Um, And during the war, she was actually painted gray and earned the nickname the Gray Ghost. The Gray Ghost. So she's fast. She's now gray. You ain't catching her. Yeah, good luck. You're not catching her. And nobody did. Nobody did. So at the end of the war, she began her bride and baby voyages. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) So... These voyages were to bring back both brides and the children of U.S. and Canadian soldiers back. Like, they brought them to the U.S. and Canada. So all those guys that went overseas, were stationed overseas, got married, had kids. Then those children and wives could be brought back. That's cool, though. Yes. I mean, like, that is... Yes. That's pretty cool. Yes. So it sailed 13 of these voyages. 13 of them. That's mm-hmm. impressive. That's a lot. Well, she's quick. They could bust out as many as as many as many they could. Yeah, that's true. And then after the war, 
the Queen Mary was transitioned back into a transatlantic passenger ship. So it earned the nickname the stateliest ship afloat because of its immaculate Art Deco interior. So it went from like like fast passenger ship to warship back to being a luxury cruise ship. That's quite a lifetime, let me tell you. And such a short period of time. Yeah. She was not active for that long. No, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that long, but to go through kind of like that many stages. Yeah, that's it's crazy. It, yeah, it's insane. It's crazy. So the two ships, so this and its sister ship, kind of dominated the market until the late 1950s. Um, do you know what happened in the late 1950s? No, I wasn't alive then. How would I know what happened? I didn't know if you knew from history. No, I never paid attention in history, if we're being honest. Oh my gosh. Uh, Well, in the late 1950s, airplanes became affordable for average citizens. Okay. So it wasn't full-blown like middle class could afford to fly, but a lot of people could afford it, especially to go overseas So people would opt for that instead of taking these ships. That makes sense. So by the late or the mid 1960s, she was operating at a loss. So the company folded it up. Cruise ships were dead temporarily. Now people pay a shit ton of money to go on cruises. But like it was no longer necessary to have essentially a cruise ship charter bus between the U.S. and Europe. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you can't, you start to not be able to afford to keep operating it, so. Yep, no one's booking, not worth it. Yeah. So, she was then retired in 1967, and it sailed from Southampton to Long Beach, California, left on October 31st of 1967, and she now remains in Long Beach, um, California. That's pretty cool, I mean... Still, still there. She's still there. She is still there. (laughs) So she's still there because the city purchased the ship. They decided to use it as a tourist destination. So they filled it with a museum, restaurants, and a hotel. So their original thought was, this ship has so much history. It is an award-winning ship. People will pay to come see it. But now it kind of has a different vibe, which is why we're talking about it. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that. So it is on the National Historic Register of Historic Places. And the National Trust for Historic Preservation actually accepted the Queen Mary as a historic hotel of America. Wow. So. I mean, still she though, is still like getting all of these huge like historical marks on it after, you know, just which, having I mean, all of the awards in the past. That's an insane resume for the ship. Oh, yeah. And it still has a bomb resume. Yeah. So, in the good and the bad, we'll get into the bad. So, let's get into the bad. We're going to get into it now. Okay. Okay. Enough (laughs) of the history. We have a thorough idea of how this ship's life was pre-tourist destination. But, (laughs) there was a lot of deaths on this ship. Really? On record, there are 57 deaths on board the Queen Mary. However, 
Most of them are natural causes. A lot of them are natural causes. But during World War II, death records were not kept properly. So that does not include the deaths for those years, all of the deaths for those years. So we don't know. So there could be a lot there more. There could than be 57. a lot more, but there are 57 documented, proven deaths aboard this ship. That's still a lot for how little of a time that it was active. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From the 30s to the 60s. Yeah. About 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just about. Just about. So, yeah. Um, but 57 of these deaths were actually crew members. And before we get into this, I have all of the names, dates, and causes of death. For these 57 people. I was able to find it. You were able to find all of them? I found all of them. Well, not all of them. Some are unknown um, of the passengers. There's no names or causes of deaths. Or there's no... Or there's like a name but no cause of death. They don't know why. Um, Could be that they didn't want it to get out. Or it could just be that whoever did the death record didn't do a thorough death record. Yeah. But they know that there was a death. Okay. So for the crew... 1936 was the first death. It was A.J.G. Golding. He was a seaman, and he died of a skull fracture. Interesting. So I don't know if he fell, if he got hit by something. There was not, I couldn't find the details specifying his skull fracture, but it was a skull fracture. That's interesting, yeah. Yes, so then 1944 had P.A.W. Hughes. He was a night steward, and he died of natural causes. So whether that's like heart attack, stroke, nothing severe to look into. Yeah, nothing crazy. Um, 1949 was W.E. Stark, senior second officer. You're going to love this one. It was accidental poisoning. Poisoning. Accidental poisoning. Yes. And we'll we'll talk about that because I I do know the specifics of two of these deaths and he's one of them. So we'll talk about it after I list off the rest of the names. Okay. Well, that's intriguing. So... (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, 1950 was W. Humphreys. He was a fireman. Natural causes. 1951 had two. The first was A.J. Lee. He was a trimmer, and his cause of death was man overboard. Okay. So, he fell in, drowned. Yeah. Um, the next was J.R. Maloney, master at arms, natural causes. Um, 1952 had one. It was H. Healy, the assistant barkeep, and it was natural causes. I believe that one was old age. So nothing that spooky. Um, 1955, G. Martin, a bedroom steward, natural causes. 1956 had two. They were both natural causes. Um, one was Bonisi, who was a steward, and K. Thompson, who was a trimmer. 1959 was A.E. Boyland. Um, No job description, uh, but it was man overboard. Um, 1962, A. Baugh, Master at Arms, Natural Causes. Um, 1964 was F. Royal, No Job, Natural Causes. 1966, C. McCarthy, Seaman, Accidental Fall. And I don't know anything about that fall. Yeah, so you don't know how, like, how serious it, I mean, obviously it was I mean, serious. it was serious. It was, died, it was but, fatal. Or kind of, like, what happened that led up to it kind of thing. 
Yeah, like, I don't know if he was, like, walking down the steps, tripped, broke his neck. Right. It could, I mean, it could have been super, super basic. Right. So the next one, 1966, is Jay Petter, fireman, accidentally crushed. And I have the specifics of his. Okay. So 1967, L. Horsburgh. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um, Cook, natural causes. So those are the, the crew members. Um, a lot of them are natural causes. However, the ones that were not seemed to be very dramatic and traumatic deaths. Poisoning, fall, skull fracture. Yeah, those are... Crushed. Yeah, those are pretty crazy ones that are not natural causes. Yes. So speaking of crushing, Jay, uh, Jay Petter was crushed by a watertight mechanical door on July 10th of 1966 when he was only 18 years old. So it was one of the doors in the engine room and it was door number 13. Of course it was door number 13. Yes. Um, and then this actually happened during a routine safety drill. He was playing chicken with one of the other crew members and got crushed in the door. That's not a great idea. No. Not a great Clearly idea. Clearly not. Clearly not. So, the poisoning. Are you ready? I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know what accidental poisoning is supposed to mean. Okay, before I tell you, do you think he was poisoned by somebody else, or do you think it was self-inflicted? Well, I mean, if it was somebody else, then I'm, I'm just trying to play the scenario in my brain of somebody accidentally poisoning him, and it's like the cook that just kind of had, like, some poisoning sitting, and he accidentally some threw Some rat poison? Spaghetti. Shit, I saw, thought it was salt. <laughs> accidentally like threw it in the spaghetti or something one day like that doesn't make sense okay so you think it was self-inflicted i mean maybe i don't know it was self-inflicted no i'm not laughing because this guy died i'm laughing about how this happened because this man (laughs) drank acid that he thought was gin and then his dumb ass went oh shit I should go tell my captain steward. So he tells the captain steward, and who's like, what are you doing telling me? Get your ass to the onboard doctor. You just drank acid. Instead of going to the doctor, <laughs> Mr. Stark just made jokes about it and kept laughing about it for the next three days until he died of carbon tetrachloride poisoning. That was so much <laughs> to take in. First of all, like, I don't. I want to know how you get acid and gin mixed up. Like you just took a swig and you were like, "Oh shit, that wasn't gin. That didn't taste like gin." <laughs> and then is I'm gonna go tell my boss. Not I'm gonna hike my ass to the doctor immediately. Guess not. And then after your boss is like, shit, bro, you have to go to the doctor. You're like, nah. Nah, I'm good. Nah. <laughs> Let's just laugh about it for a few days. I'm sure it'll wear off. I'm just going to keep making jokes about my uh, impending death and then actually croak. Like, it just makes me think of the time that I painted my face as a child with fat, red fabric paint. And my mom called poison control thinking that I was going to die. And in fact, I just wanted face paint, I guess. (laughs) Like, that's funny. 
but drinking acid and then running around being like, <laughs> just chugged some acid. That sounds like a Kevin thing to do. It sounds like a Kyle thing to do, to be oh, honest yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, probably a Kyle thing. I apologize if your name is Kyle. I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about the Fox racing monster energy stereotype. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, he uh, really probably would have survived if he wouldn't have just made jokes. Yeah, and went to the doctor. Yeah, like just go to the... If you ever drink acid... Go to the doctor. Please, please go to the doctor. Please. And don't play chicken during safety checks checks and get yourself crushed. Please. Oh my God. So let's talk about the passengers. So there were 41 passenger deaths. There are not all of the names and causes of death, um, but I do have like the list. Um, So... I guess the best way is probably just to go through them. There's a lot, so it's going to take a minute. But 1937 had two. One of them is completely unknown for both name and cause of death, but it was there was also uh, Mr. P. Chapman who died of natural causes that year. So one unknown, one natural causes. Um, 1939 had one. It was Mr. F. Brandt, who was also natural causes. 1943, Captain H.L. Fry, cause of death was unknown. 1945, P.H. Ashburn, U.S. Navy, was a man overboard. Um, 1946, uh, Private E.W. Simmons, natural causes. 1946 was also Lieutenant Smith, um, natural causes. Uh, 1947, uh, Gypsy Rodney Smith, cause of death unknown. 1949 had two. One is completely unknown. The other is Mr. H.M. Seichel, natural causes. 1950s had four. One is completely unknown. Two are natural causes. Those were Mr. W.H. Barrett and Mr. H.C. Bazet. And then Mr. P.H. Davies died of man overboard. Um, 1951 had two, both were natural causes. It was a DJ Martin and a Mr. A, um, Caxer, Caxer, I don't know. Um, 1953, Mr. M. Shield died of natural causes. 1954, two deaths, both natural causes, a Mrs. M. A. Ferris and a Mr. G. S. Wayman. 1955 had two as well, also natural causes, Mr. P. P. O'Sullivan and Mrs. L.I. Ford. Um, 1956 had, I think, four. Um, two are natural causes. Those were Mr. W.E. Schott and Mr. D.B. Blasdell or Blaisdell. Um, the other two were Mrs. L. Somino and Mr. O.S. Redfield, and they are both unknown cause of death. So 1959, Mrs. F. Buffman. It is just accidental death. Just accidental death? Mm-hmm. I have no fucking clue what that means. What classifies as an accidental death compared to a non-accidental death? Somebody accidentally shoved a steak knife into her? That's where my brain goes. It's like set the, sh- the, the waiter tripped... I don't know. Accidentally stabbed. A knife went flying. (laughs) I don't know. I just like immediately think she was like accidentally pushed down the stairs. Like my brain immediately goes to like covered up murder. Of course it does. I watch too much. I watch too much true crime. 
was too, too many. It's all the morbid that I listen to. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. But anyways, 1963, um, unknown for both. Um, 1964 had three. They were all natural causes. It was Reverend G. Stutzer, Mrs. E. Griffin, and Mr. W.H. Pope. 1956 was Mr. A.E.N. Clark, Natural Causes. 1966, there was one, two, three, five. Um, Of those, Mr. G.W. McCreary, Mr. J. Owen, Mr. A. Condratif, Mrs. H. Keller, and Mrs. C.N. Nicholson were all natural. Those were all natural causes. And then... Mrs. F. Teasdale was unknown. So then 1967, there was a Mr. A. Meredith who died of natural causes. And then an unknown date, but Mrs. A. Warring, Warren, yeah, Warring died of natural causes as well. So a lot of natural causes. But yeah, then there's again. like a few weird ones, like the unknown and the, the accidental death gets me. Yeah. Like I man mean, overboard, did you just like trip up top, fly down? I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like the, you know, the crew deaths too, where it's a handful, you know, quite a few natural causes. And then there's just like a few weird ones sprinkled in there. Exactly. Like, a few like weird ones that it's like, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the Queen Mary's death toll actually exceeds the on, like just the deaths on board. What do you mean? In 1942, the Queen Mary sank the HMS Caraco which caused 300 deaths. 300? Yes. So the HMS Crocker was built by the Royal Navy during the First World War, and she was the escort for the RMS Queen Mary in the Second World War. So right before the accident, the Queen Mary, with 10,000 passengers, was zigzagging through the ocean to evade any attacks by submarines, and the HMS Crocker was also zigzagging to try to avoid any submarines. And the Queen Mary accidentally turned and cut straight through the middle of the HMS Caraco. So Alfred Johnson, who was aboard the Queen Mary, was quoted saying, I said to my mate, you know she's zigzagging all over the place in front of us. I'm sure we're going to hit her. And sure enough, the Queen Mary sliced the cruiser in two like a piece of butter straight through the six-inch armored plating. That's insane. Just cut straight through the middle. So at the time, the Queen Mary was sailing 25 knots, or about 25 miles per hour. And it had to continue on its journey to avoid being attacked by U-boats, so they had to abandon Yep. So they couldn't even like go back and like try and help at all. Nope. There is some like rumors that state that they did, but I don't think that they they did because they later got sued for the accident. They were cleared of all blame, but there's at least 300 deaths tied to that accident. So at minimum, the Queen Mary has had 357 deaths attached to it. That's a lot of deaths. It's a lot of deaths. A lot of deaths in a really short period of time. Yes. Really short period of time. So 
clearly, if we're going to talk about it today, there's these deaths really left their mark. Um, the RMS Queen Mary has a lot of ghosts. That doesn't surprise me. No. In 2008, it was actually listed as one of the most haunted places in the United States. And those who have had the pleasure of like investigating it um, seem to have agreed. Interesting. So it's got a reputation. It's got a reputation. Okay. A big one. So let's talk about the ghosts. I'm ready. So unlike last week where it was very like, who are these? What's happening? They kind of know. They kind of know exactly who's still hanging around. Yeah, so they can kind of pinpoint who it is. Yes. So the first one is a classic ass haunting. Can you guess? What's the most classic haunting in your brain? I don't know. Probably probably like a woman in some sort of like dress. I'm a winner. (laughs) (laughs) They have the white lady. Okay. So pretty classic. The white lady has been seen by guests and workers and ghost hunters. Um, she is always seen in a long white evening gown floating at the end of the first class lounge, which um, is the queen saloon or salon. And people have actually seen her for like over 60 years. That's a long time. Yes. Would you like to see her? I, I guess so. You're going to show me anyway. That's true. That's pretty distinct. Yes. That's, I will, that's distinctly a person. Mm-hmm. I will have this photo posted. Um, you know, like any ghost photo, people think that it's fake. Make, make your own. Make your own decision. I don't care. If you want to think that that's a ghost, think it's a ghost. If you want to think that it, it's a trick of the light or something, think that. I don't care. But it is very interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, if it's a ghost, it's pretty distinct. Yeah. So next up is little Jackie. So this one's suspicious to me because I've already listed off all of the deaths. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Jacqueline Torin was about five or six years old when she allegedly drowned in the second class pool, which is now the Royal Theater. So visitors, staff, pretty much anybody inside this place has heard the sounds of a child splashing, calling out for her parents and she's known to respond to questions when she's talked, like when investigators talk to her. So she's very active. Yeah, it sounds like she's pretty active. There was one video that I was watching where the people could hear her as they were approaching the room. Like they could hear her from outside of the room. Wow. So she's pretty prominent. They could hear the splashing like. and like the, the playing. And this ship's big enough that like, unless like you wouldn't hear the waves outside splashing against the boat. Right. It's, yeah. You're not going to hear that. Um, but she is not the only child in that spot. She actually has a friend with her. Um, this is a girl named Sarah who allegedly drowned in the same exact pool in 1949. So these deaths are not listed. They could be some of the unknowns and they could be unknown because they were children. Yeah, because they were young. That's true. So privacy reasons, maybe they tried to keep it down. Yeah, that's possible. So then we have John Henry, and he worked in the boiler room during his life, and his remains were found there after he passed. So people have seen a shadow figure moving between the boiler and the green rooms, and there are reports that he will audibly respond to questions about beer. 
Hey, kudos to you, buddy. I was the volunteer to answer questions about alcohol in the afterlife. I was going to say, not beer, though, because you don't like it. No, I don't like beer. I'm going to have to leave something so that people know if they want to contact your ghost, they must bring an offering of Jim Beam Peach. Yes. Yours, they would have to bring an offering of tequila. Tequila. <laughs> yeah. Tequila. Now tequila, you guys know. <laughs> tequila with like, like, just bring me a mango margarita. <laughs> that's what, that's what'll get me to come out to play. Um, so yeah, he likes, he likes beer. <laughs> the other ghost I have thoughts and feelings on. Okay. Um, his name is Grumpy. But they also call him Grumpy the Growling Ghost. I'm not sure whether to be terrified. Be terrified? Okay. Yes, because he is one of the most memorable ghosts because he stays in the room under the stairs by the first class swimming pool or the boiler room. And what does he do to people? He growls at them. What else growls at people, McKenna? I don't know. The big D. Demons. <laughs> Demons growl, McKenna. Yeah, not they, grumpy ghosts. Not just like a like, grumpy old ghost. That's, but that's what you would do if you moved into a house with demons. You'd just be like, oh, that's grumpy the growling ghost. And I just would move along. <laughs> yes. No, I would actually be just be like, that right there, that's Dale the demon. You know, he's pretty nice once you get to know him. <laughs> you did not just say Dale the demon. I did, because that is absolutely how I would cope with having demons in my house. Um, I would like that on a t-shirt. Okay. We need to, we need to find somebody artistic to draw us a demon named Dale. And we're naming him Dale. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think that Grumpy the Ghost is bullshit. And that's questionable to me. Fair enough. Um, so there's also Captain Treasure Jones, um, the final captain for the Queen Mary. He sailed the ship from 1965 to 1967, um, and he turned into, like, a big media figure after this final voyage from Southampton to Long Beach. Um, It really made him, like, famous in the maritime career. Okay. Like, it blew him up. Gotcha. So he died at the age of 87 in 1993, um, and he was allegedly a huge fan of cigars, so he did not die on the ship. At all. Um, And to this day, people will get random whiffs of cigar smoke inside his captain's quarters. So two thoughts on that. Either he loved this ship so much, he appreciated the ship so much because it like gave him the life that he had after. And he likes to visit and smoke cigars in his old quarters. Or cigar smoke has just seeped into the wood and the carpet and like everything inside of there. And it occasionally just like oozes out. Yeah. I mean, it's like if you know if you have like are in a car that somebody has smoked in in the past. Exactly. You get random whiffs of cigarettes. Yeah. Like that's that's what I think is probably happening. I don't think anybody's seen him or talked to him or anything like that. So I'm like, mm. yeah, it definitely could just be that that portion of him is still there in like seeped into the walls and things. Like not not the portion of him, but just like this actual physical cigar smoke that yes. he smoked in there. Yeah. Is just stuck in the walls. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think I really believe that one. Um one that I do believe is that John Petter is still hanging around. 
However, do you remember John Petter? Yes. Crushed. Yeah. Yep. Um, he's now referred to as Half Hatch Harry. No, he is not. He is. No. And I think that's so fucked up. It is so messed up. Like, this guy got crushed, but it's also kind of funny. But like, this guy got crushed, and you're just like, ah, oh, it's just Half Hatch Harry. Super fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. So since he worked in the engine room during his life, John now leaves greasy handprints wherever he roams. So a lot of ghost hunters, staff, visitors have reportedly like found these handprints when they're inside of the ship. That would be interesting to kind of experience. Like I, I've heard of like handprints being left, but like greasy. It's usually like a handprint in the dust. Like if there's like, it's really dusty, you'll see like a fresh handprint. But I mean, I guess if he was constantly working in an engine room covered in grease, yeah, why that's not leave true. greasy? That's true, but it would be super interesting. Yeah. So the final ghost of our episode is going to be uh, Dana. So this one's harder to believe because while this could be in one of those un- con- like undocumented deaths, um, there's no proof. Uh, Legend states that Dana and her family were murdered in their room in B-474. So this killer strangled Dana's younger sister and mother on the bed before shooting Dana in the bathroom. So Dana allegedly is now found either with Jackie and Sarah in the second class pool, but she does occasionally join Grumpy and John Henry in the boiler room. So that one's harder Because there really is no proof. Yeah, and you would think with something like that, there would be... Like, unless they... Unless there was, like, a big, nice, juicy cover-up. Like, it's hard to cover up a murder. Exactly. I mean, something would have had to have been there recorded to some extent. Yeah. So I don't really believe that one. Okay. So... Aside from just these specific ghosts, investigators and staff, visitors, everybody have heard knocking, doors slamming, high-pitched squeals, um, they've felt temperature changes, and they have smelled random smells. So, now's my favorite part of the episode. Okay. McKenna, what do you think? (laughs) Um, You gotta ask me the questions. I can't do this unprompted. Haunted, yes or no? Uh, I mean, yes. Okay. I feel like there's quite a bit of stories and documented, you know, things that have happened there mm-hmm. to say probably haunted, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of EVPs. If you just, like, type in EVPs Queen Mary ship, you'll find a bunch of YouTube videos of people getting EVPs in there. Um, I do also think that it was investigated by, I think, Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters. Yeah, I think, I think so. there's been a couple others that have investigated there. I didn't watch them for this because I found enough stuff without it. But I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of proof. So yeah. I would agree with you there. Um, do you think it's residual or intelligent or both? I mean, my gut feeling leans more towards residual. I mean, yes, there have been some of the ghosts that kind of like respond back in ways and things, but... For the most I mean, they're part, getting full-ass EVPs. Yeah. They're getting full-ass voices and intelligent answers. That's true. But, I mean, like, nothing super crazy is happening, though. No, but maybe they just aren't assholes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I 
mean, there's like maybe they just want to communicate. Yeah, maybe they're bored. Fair enough. They're only stuck with so many people. They just want to have a little chat. I could see it. Slam some doors. <laughs> um. So. What else? Do you have any other thoughts and feelings? Any thoughts and feelings on specific ghosts? Do you think some of them exist and some of them don't? I mean, I feel like the ones that are kind of, like, named and listed have, like, a decent amount of proof. Like you said earlier, I think the last one's a little harder to believe because I feel like there would have been more proof on that one. Um, Grumpy gets me, though. I don't really know how to feel about Grumpy. I don't. I don't like Grumpy. You don't like it at all? No. Why? Don't growl at me. That just makes me think that it's, like, not good immediately. But also, that might be something I would do in the afterlife. It's absolutely something you would do in the afterlife. (laughs) Just grumpy? I'm suspicious. The fact that, like, it's the growling. It's the growling that gets me. Like, you're just walking through a specific area. Why would a human ghost growl at you? Unless he's a grumpy ass old dude that died there. But like, I don't know. And his hangout locations are suspicious. Are you fucking Harry Potter? Why are you in the room under the stairs? Hey, maybe that was the and most the comfortable spot. Room. That is ab- It's a luxury cruise ship, McKenna. <laughs> there are cushy ass king size beds in there. Why would you hang out in a closet under the stairs? Maybe you just prefer to be an introvert. I don't know. Maybe you just prefer a dark, dank space. Yes. That's black. Yeah suspicious i mean you're not the boiler room suspicious a little bit yeah a lot of it um i don't really know if i believe about anything about dana i mean i don't know it the fact that it's like she was murdered there and i couldn't find a murder there unless they did a hell of a good job of covering up a triple homicide which would be tough (laughs) that would be really tough Hard to cover up. Um, I could totally see John Petter being there. Um, I don't think Captain Treasure Jones is there. I think that that's just cigar smoke embedded into the the built like into the room, into the structure. Yeah, yeah. Um, John Henry. Let me see. I don't remember there being. There's no John Henry on the true cause of death. Which makes me suspicious. Um, my thought is that maybe John Henry is also John Petter, and that's why people like maybe John Petter's initial was like like his middle name was like Henry, and people are getting confused. Maybe yeah, because like it seems like the locations that John Petter is hanging out. So I'm wondering if that's just the same spirit. True, yeah. Um, and their names are pretty close. Yeah, it's close enough. Like, And I don't know what John Petter's middle name was, but there's no J. Henry. No. Um, there's no J.H. anywhere. Like, there's an H. Healy, but he was the assistant barkeep. I don't know. I think that's probably, like, that could very well be the same spirit. Um. Jackie's confusing to me because she's incredibly intelligent. People have like full conversations with her pretty easily, pretty regularly. Um, 
Sarah's suspicious because there's not, I mean, unless those were considered the unknown deaths, which they very well could be. Yeah, they absolutely could could have been, you know, not listed because they were children, you know, like, I don't know. Those ones I don't know if I necessarily believe. I'm trying to see. Oh, yeah, 1949 was an unknown and an unknown. Yeah, for person and cause of death, right? Yep. And then there was one in 1937. So I guess, I mean, that could be Jackie and Sarah. Could be why they wouldn't put like the cause of death. Well, their At names aren't on there either. So, yeah, but I but, mean, they could have put the cause of death and just left the name out, but... They left out both. I know. Like, just listed the cause of death without the name attached to it. But there's no... There's none of those right. on the re- on the record. So if they listed it, they didn't list any info. Right. So it could just be the information that they have is from the ghosts themselves saying that they drowned there. True. Um... Because there's, there's zero information for those two years. If they would have listed just the cause of death and not the name, it would have been on the list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the white lady, I, I, it's probably one of the, because there was a few women passengers who died. It could just be one of them. Mm-hmm. She would have just been really enjoying her time and was not ready for it to end. She wanted to keep partying it up on the boat. Yeah, I mean, I could see that happening. Yeah, so I think that there's definitely, oh my God, it could be Mrs. F. Buffman, The Accidental Death in 1959. Yeah, it could have been. The timeline would make make sense of when people started to appear Mm -hmm. or started to see her. Um, Because if it's accidental, but if it was traumatic, she could still be vibing out. I mean, there was a couple, um, there was another woman who was an unknown cause of death. But it could be that accidental. Yeah, I mean, especially, like you said, if it was traumatic. Which I feel like most deaths that are not just natural causes tend to be a little bit more traumatic. Yeah. Because if it's more sudden, I feel like the spirits a lot of times don't even know that they're dead. Exactly, yeah. They're just continuing on, but... Yeah, like they would have just kind of... Yeah. She still thinks she's on a cruise, I guess. Going to get her nightcap and her nightgown. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a really interesting place. I think part of the reason that it's so active is because it's a boat. It's on moving water. Well, and just it was the entire time people were dying on it. It has never been taken. As far as I know, it's never been taken out of the water. Really, it's sitting in water right now. Water, moving water like the ocean is a conduit for spirit activity. So it can amplify it. Yeah. And just like probably the amount of storms that that boat has been through. Where it's just been pounded by waves. Yeah, it's a lot to, like, lock in there. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big metal ship. How the fuck are you going to get out? You're not going to. No, you're really not. So, yeah. That is the Queen Mary. If you guys would like to send us any requests or any um, of your personal stories... You can send us an email to ladyinblackpod at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, ladyinblackpodcast.com. Or you can message us on our Instagram, which is at ladyinblackpodcast. Um, Like I said, the Instagram will have um, a couple photos 
Um, it will have the photo of the uh, woman in white, the white lady. Um, so yeah, go check those out. Um, and it has been Lady in Black.